visitation tonight. I declare prophetic and apostolic visitation tonight. Pray, Lord, that you may touch our fathers. Pray that you may touch our mothers tonight. Pray that you may touch our sisters and brothers tonight. I declare by the authority of your word, counseling and binding every stronghold of Libalaya. I prophesy that every system in Marapong, I cancel, I break, I scatter by the power of the Holy Ghost. Pray freedom, I pray for power. In the name of Jesus Christ, I decree and I declare, let those that are sick tonight receive healing. I pray, let those that are heavenly begging receive peace and total emancipation. I pray, those that are seeking for solutions, answers, let them receive solutions and answers tonight. Not unto us, O God, but unto you. I declare those that are being threatened at their workplaces, let them receive your mercy. Your mercy, your mercy, your mercy, your mercy, O God. Those that are passing through difficulty and those that are passing through the valley of shadow of death, I prophesy that you may hold them with the power and anointing of sustenance and sustainability. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, whatever arrow that has been projected by the enemy against your church, against your people right now, I prophesy, let it boomerang by the power of the Holy Ghost. If there is any fetishist priest, if there is any voodoo worshiper that has raised his or her hands to cast their lives, as I stand here, I raise my hands to speak a blessing. The blessing that makes it one rich and adds no more sorrow. I prophesy that let the world be the substratum of our lives. Let it be the foundation and the undercut of our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. I prophesy and I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Let the church of God shout a glorious Amen. You can do better. 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 Just give your neighbor a high five and say, neighbor, you are blessed to be a blessing in this season. Say, neighbor, I prophesy divine visitation in your family, divine visitation in your workplace, divine visitation upon your personal life. Say, neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. I expect a divine visitation tonight. Say, let your finances receive a divine visitation. Glory be to Jesus. Please be seated in the heavenly places. Put your hands together for Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to uh, greet the body of Christ tonight. And I want to extend my greeting to the Apostle of the Arms, as well as the family, Apostle Hongwe. Can you help me to just appreciate his life? Man of God, we love you. May the Lord continue to give you life. Hallelujah. 
And I want to extend again my greeting to the leadership of this beautiful ministry, the clergy of mothers and fathers who are working day and night to make sure that the work of God continues in Jesus' mighty name, amen. And I want you to put your hands together for the Holy Spirit. Glory to you, Jesus. Amen. And I want to uh, greet uh, my young brother. His name is Dendai, who has accompanied me all the way from Pretoria. Glory to Jesus. Greetings for my family. I should have uh, come with them, but uh, because of work, they couldn't be here. But I extend their greetings to the God of Christ. Amen. Without any further ado, let's turn our Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 1, subsection 1, then Philippians 2, subsection 5. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, then Philippians 2, subsection 5. If you are here, shout hallelujah. Shout glory. Are we there? I will read from here. Let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let me be your example in humility. Who, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained. Then Genesis 1 from verse 1. In the beginning, God prepared, formed, fashioned, and created the heavens and the earth. Come on, somebody, in a concert, let's read together. Say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the title of my message is Two Biblical Platforms that make it for spiritual success in the kingdom of God. So tonight is a way to establish the foundation of what God has assigned me to do here in Iparale is to, first of all, set up biblical platforms, not prophetic or apostolic platforms, but, but these are biblical platforms that has been provided for by the world that make it for success spiritual success not physical success come on somebody shout two biblical platforms that makes for spiritual success shout like a minute say two biblical platforms that make it for spiritual success so i want to talk about spiritual success not success that is material not success 
uh, that can be touched, but uh, speech of success. So uh, success, generally speaking, can only be referred on five platforms. But tonight I have chosen only two to share with the Word of Christ. I know that we are looking at the time and season in which God has called us to pray, but I'm going to bring an auxiliary to my preaching as I'll be touching things that pertains to the kingdom of God. So when we speak of uh, spiritual success, we are speaking of what is spiritual health. So God's idea of success is measured in the quality of one's spiritual success and spiritual health. So when you're talking about spiritual health, one spiritual indice that the Bible uses or God uses to measure one's spiritual success it's not the amount of cars that one drives. It's not the amount of houses that one owns. But your prayer life is one of the major indices that is used by the world to measure spiritual success. Come on, somebody shout spiritual success. So, which means that in God's mind, if your spiritual life goes down and you are not rich unto God, as the Bible would say, that you should be rich unto God, then you start to make things physically and materially. When God looks at you, He wills you so low. So you, you need to, to pray for the fulgence, the ability and the grace that comes from the kingdom of God, that when you present yourself in prayer, one thing that we are trying to do is to make sure that we bring health to our spirituality. So when you see your business being sick or dying, it does not start with the business. The first indicator is that your spiritual life and health is having an epileptic indice. So you don't have to deal with the business, but you have to deal with your spiritual health. So the Bible is saying that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, which means in every beginning that you can begin in life, the first thing that you must begin is God. So when the Bible is saying that in the beginning, that one is a presupposition because the way in the beginning, it means a beginning that began at a certain particular place. So when the Bible is saying in the beginning, it's a location that the Bible or the writer is trying to make us to locate. We is called Jesus Christ. The Bible says, I am the beginning and the end. So if it was not a place, the Bible was supposed to say from the beginning or at the beginning. So when we say in the beginning, I should start from somewhere. That's why the Bible says, where to? Or three are gathered in my name, I'll be there. Which means that when we come to the house of God, we must transcend from meeting at a particular place. Then we move or slide into a place called Jesus Christ. So when the Bible says, where two or three are meeting in my name, that one is a free position, which means it's a place. So Jesus Christ now moves from being an entity, but it becomes a place. So if I'm going to succeed in my life spiritually, I must be in a position to be standing or stepping on a place called Christ. 
That's why David now, understanding the mystery that is behind me, he said the name of Jesus Christ is a strong tower. The righteous, they run up to it and they have got what? Safety. So, which means the name of Jesus Christ moves from being an identifier or an identity, but it becomes a place where a person can run up to and they've got safety. The Bible in the book of Philippians says we have been given a name by God above every name, the name Jesus Christ, that at the mentioning of the name Jesus, every nation bow every time who confess of the things under the earth, of the things on earth, and of the things in heaven. So the name that we were given was Jesus, so that we may mention and call unto God. But there's a dimension of the name of Jesus Christ that it moves from being a name and it becomes a place where one can have safety. I don't know if I'm communicating to the God of Christ tonight. So when the Bible says that, in the beginning God fashioned and created the heavens, plural, and the earth, which is similar, which means the heavens of God is not just a place that you can go to, but the heavens is dimensional. Which means within the dimensions of the heavens, you can have the layers of the heavens, and you can have the levels of the heavens. That's why the moment you enter in a prophetic dimension, within the prophetic dimension, you find out that there are layers of the prophetic that are within the prophetic dimension. That's why you find out that when you are speaking of the prophetic, there are two dimensions that are very pronounced in the prophetic dimensions. Number first uh, dimension is the dimension which we call revelational dimension of prophecy, where I come to your life and I reveal things that are transpiring in your life and in your business. And then the, the creative dimension of prophecy, as Elijah could say that eight by my words is not going to rain for three and a half years. So that becomes the creative dimension of God's word. So when the Bible says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He's speaking of the place. And when God is creating the heavens and the earth, he's creating it now in different dimensions of dimensions. So the first dimension in which God created the heavens and the earth was called the time dimension. Come on, some short time. Then from time he created his heavens and the earth within a space. And then after space, he created the heavens and the earth within the dimension of matter. So when you are dealing with the heavens, heavens is now trapped in a place called matter. That is time. Am I talking somebody? Which means if God had created, can I, can I build this? If God had created time without space and matter, it means he was not going to have any place to place this time. So he had to create space for time to have space. Then if God had created space without time and matter, the space was not going to be having any time in which it was going to be alive and to be variable because there's no time and matter that can be used as an indice to measure space. Then if God had created matter, there was no time in which he was going to create matter because there was no time for him to create matter and space for him to create that matter. So when he's creating now, he's creating in threefold, in the beginning, which is Jesus Christ. So it's a tripartite creation of God. So one biblical platform that we are going to use 
to measure our spiritual success, it's called prayer. Prayer is got its own dimensions. And number one dimension of prayer is that prayer has got the ability to bring God unto you. The Bible says that Matthew 6, 6, if you pray, you have to go into the inner house and pray in the inner house. The God who sees what's happening in the secret place is going to reward you publicly. The Bible says that enter into the place and pray. But now, when Matthew is writing, saying that God who sees, not who God hears, when I entered in the place of prayer, I was supposed to be praying. But God is seeing the thing that is praying than what is being prayed about. So which means if I want to measure my spiritual life, I don't have to measure my spiritual life by the words that I speak, by how focusing uh, I am when it comes to the preaching of the word. I measure my prayer life by how I live. So that's why when you read the Bible, the Bible says when it speaks of prayer that there was a man like us by the name Elijah. He prayed that it would not rain for three and a half years and it did not happen. Why? Because God is not moved by what you say in prayer, but is moved by who you are in prayer. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this place. So, so which means I can say God bless me and bless my family, then he does not listen to the prayer that I'm praying. He then looks at the life that I live, my spiritual life. Am I living according to the premise and the foundations of God's word? Because from the beginning it has been the word. So the indice for God to bless and to lift and to transcend the body of Christ, it becomes the word. The substratum and the foundation of prophecy becomes the word. The substratum of any miracle becomes God's word. I don't know if I'm speaking to somebody and I'm making sense here. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the substratum of any prophecy and progress in person's life, it becomes the word. So when God is coming now, he looks at you. Are you in line or are you in coalescence with his word when you pray so that your spiritual life may change? So that's why even in life, if I come to life and I propose marriage, and you say no, and I come back after three weeks and you are married. It shows that when you said no, you didn't say no to marriage, but you said no to the thing that was speaking about marriage. Because when I say I want to marry you, you look at me and look at the thing that is speaking, then you find out that I don't have the fortunes and the ability to buy one belt. I can't buy myself a pair of shoes, then you say no. Then when somebody comes with the ability and the propensity to buy a belt, then you say yes. So when God is looking at you and you say, God move in my life, and God does not move, it doesn't mean that God does not move, but is looking at your standpoint at your uprightness. I, 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 am I talking to somebody in this place? So that's the other dimension of prayer. When you pray, go into a secret place, the God who sees things that happen in the secret place will reward you publicly. I have gone to the secret place and I say, God, bless my family. You, my business, you, my destiny. But when I'm praying, God is here, he's, he's looking. So when you pray and shout at God, God is not hearing what you are saying because we can say things that we cannot leave. So he then looks at the thing that is saying, what you are saying, is it coincidence to what you are saying? Imagine somebody in this place. That's why the Bible says that seek ye first the kingdom of God. 
And if the righteousness, so when you're talking of God's kingdom, we are talking of God's government. God is saying, seek yourself to be under the administration and the government of God. And it's righteousness which becomes a relationship in that kingdom. So the relationship of the kingdom of God is called righteousness. So when I seek the kingdom in prayer, then I'm not upright and I don't have an attitude of life. God is not going to answer me. I don't know if I'm communicating to somebody in this place. So God cannot only be found somewhere in the formula of your life. God wants to be the priority and the initiator in your life, in the beginning God. So when I start my business, before I establish anything, I must bring God into the table. Then I commune with God. God becomes the biggest shareholder of my company. I, 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 I don't have to call God when things are going down. I, I don't have to call God when I am in limbo. But God should become, even in the marriage, God must not come somewhere when you're fighting already. But God must become the intertwinement within your marriage. That's why the Bible says, Can you put your hands together for Jesus? So, that's why, that's why the Bible says that a three-quarter cord cannot easily be broken. Which means when I'm coming together with my wife, it's me, my wife, and the Holy Spirit who becomes the cordy within my marriage. So I don't have to call God when things are tight and when things are not moving in my marriage. I must be in a position to involve God in every step of my life. So God wants to become the priority in my life. So for my spiritual health and my spiritual growth, God must become the intertwinement. He must become the initiator of the body of Christ. And a lot of us will take our journeys along. When now we have made a wrong turn, 144 or 444, that's when we start to invite God in the journey of our lives. But the Bible said, in the beginning of time, in the beginning of matter, in the beginning of space, there was God. So when God now creates the heavens in Genesis 1, verse 1, he created and he subjected men, you and me, in the auspices of time. So when we're subjected in time, so whenever God now wants to move in my life and in your life, he is now going to move based on the things that I'm doing in time. So which means God cannot be subjected under time, but when he's coming to bless me, he respects the auspices of time. He then looks at what I am doing within the premise of time, within the boundaries and the borders of time. Then when he comes and he blesses me in time, he is no longer and is not a creature of time. He transcends and is above time. And I took somebody in this place. But when he's dealing with humanity, he deals with the humanity based on time. The book of Galatians says, in the fullness of time, God sent his son Jesus Christ. Which means God waited for time to be full, so time it becomes like a container that becomes full. So when I'm waiting for my container for time to be full, what do I do? Then I pray, then I fast, then I become a committed member, then I serve in the house of God, and I talk to somebody in this place. So when I pray, my time is becoming full. When my time is becoming full, it means when God is going to move, he moves within the premise, of the time in which God has given unto us. Let's put our hands together for the prophet of God, prophet Balon, in Jesus' name, amen.
So when we are dealing with the time, when we are dealing with the time, God in the beginning, that is a preposition, we are dealing with the time. So in the beginning, God, so when God is involved in your face within time, he then moves at a place where he grows you spiritually. So when I pray within the auspice of time, I must pray with uh, an understanding, subliminary, that God is supporting what I'm doing. So God now, he dwells in his own dimension. I told you that within dimension, there are layers. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's plural. So when we're dealing with the heavens, within the heavens, you find out that there are layers and dimensions. That's why we always say we move from glory to glory. Am I communicating with somebody in this place? So when God is coming to bless people here, he blesses creatures of time. But when we are dealing with the time now, that's why you find out that in time, we don't need miracles. Because miracles, they happen out of time. When I am within my time, and God has blessed me within my time, I don't need a miracle. Why? Because everything must happen by the reason of nature. Whenever we pray for a miracle, it means my time is overdue, or either my time is lapsed. Am I talking somebody? A very good example, you don't flog a child for not speaking when he is one year old. You don't beat your child for not walking when your child is one year old. You don't beat your child for not constructing a sentence because his construction is locked in time. We are waiting for time for you to be able to construct some sentences. We are waiting for time for him to be able to walk. We, we are waiting for time for him to be able to communicate. So I don't go and crush my child because my child is not doing what other people that is already matured in time are doing. But when my child reaches 10 years old to 15 and is not speaking, then I then call for a miracle. When my child reaches 8 years and he cannot construct some sentences, then I have to pray to God so that a miracle can happen. So the God that stays in his dimension, which is called eternity, then us as people, we are in a dimension called time, a lot in time, then angels are in a dimension called everlasting, and we're talking somebody in this place. So the God that is in everlasting, and the difference between these three dimensions is this, that within everlasting, there is no ending, and there is no beginning within everlasting, and within eternity, in fact, there is no beginning and there is no ending. Within everlasting now, there is a beginning, but there is no ending. But within time, there is a beginning and ending. That's why Ecclesiastes says that if I'm born, there must become a time for something to happen. Time and chance happen to them all. Time and chance happen to them all. Which means my purpose is locked within the auspice of time. So if I'm going to grow and push myself to a place of spiritual growth, I must be a man and a woman of prayer. If I'm going to go to a place where I become a woman of revelation, within my time, I must be in a place of prayer. Prayer is not one of the keys, but prayer is the master key, which means things that revelation cannot do, prayer can do. Things that prophecy cannot do, prayer can do. That's why you find out that if I want to enter a house, there is a key that I use to use the main door. But within the house, there are other rooms that are within the house, which means I can access other rooms when I get access to the main door. Prayer becomes that main door. 
So which means the substratum and the foundation of the spiritual growth becomes a prayer. And the substratum and the foundation of my prophecy becomes prayer. And the foundation of miracles, signs and wonders becomes prayer. Am I talking somebody in this place? That's why you find out that Jesus Christ is praying whenever he's preaching, before he preaches, he's going to pray. The Bible says at one particular time at the Mount of Transfiguration, he went to pray with his disciples, three of them, because he had he an inner circle and the other nine that he had. The Bible says while he's praying, there was a transformation, transmogration, transfiguration that transpired in that mountain. And the Bible says within that atmosphere of prayer, Elijah and Moses, they appeared around Jesus Christ. And why are, this, why are they appearing to Jesus Christ while he's praying? Peter, who was one of the most vocal disciples of Jesus Christ, said unto Jesus, it's better for us to build tents that we may stay here. Are you following? And the Bible says, after that, Jesus went into a cloud through prayer. Then after that, he started now to commune with these two guys. Why is he communing with these two guys? It's because after Jesus is going to leave this mountain of transfiguration, he's supposed to meet things that are going to ask him for his anointing. So whenever God anoints you, there is always a question on your anointing. And how you answer the question that has come to your anointing is the one that is indicative of your spiritual growth. So the Bible says that after communicating, the men are seeing that Jesus is communicating, but they cannot decode the information and they cannot decode the uh, conversation that are taking place. And the Bible says after the conversation, Jesus went unto his disciples and he said that don't tell anybody what you have just seen and witnessed. Keep quiet. After that, Jesus Christ went down the mountain. But I want you now to see this picture. Let me take you to a little bit of a case study. Under the mountain, Jesus is on the summit. Under the mountain, the disciples have been battling with a devil. Their spiritual health is epileptic. The index of their spiritual health is not at par with Jesus Christ. The Bible says a man came with his son unto the disciples of Jesus. And he said, can you help my child? And the Bible says, the disciples tried to exercise the child, but the demon was stubborn, it was recalcitrant. When Jesus Christ is coming down, the Bible says, he asked him what is transpiring, and they said, we have tried to deal with this demon, but this demon could not leave. And the Bible says, what happens with the child? And the parents said unto Jesus Christ, the demon that is upon this child, sometimes it throws the child into the fire. Sometimes it throws the child into the water. But mind you, that before Jesus is asking, he had an encounter with the two figures, which were custodians. So when he met with Elisha, Elijah is the custodian of fire. Then Moses is a custodian of water. So Jesus Christ is, is coming down the mountain. He's going to meet with a situation that is familiar to his encounter. And when he meets with the situation, the situation had to respond and to bow down. Why? Because Jesus had an impartation while he was praying. So while I'm praying, what I'm expecting is an impartation. Because when you pray, you create or you, you re-cooperate an atmosphere of signs and wonders. 
When you pray, there's an atmosphere of open heaven that happens. So when that atmosphere comes upon your life, it then starts to release blessings, releases power in you. After the prayer, you then go to your company. Then uh, while you're in your company, somebody that you wanted to partner with you come and calls you. What has happened? There was an encounter in the place of prayer. So your spirituality is growing. I'd like to put somebody in this place. So prayer becomes a force in the kingdom of God. That's why when you deal with prayer, you find out that the Bible says that the God of peace, after you pray, the God of peace will give you all understanding. Come on, somebody shout understanding. So, which means when I'm praying, the God of peace, come on, somebody shout the God of peace, the God of peace, he gives me understanding, which means I must not be aspirational towards what I'm going to eat. The Bible says, do not be anxious over what you're going to eat, but pray to God through prayer and thanksgiving. The God of peace will give you all understanding, which means if I'm not anxious, the Bible does not say do not think, it says do not be anxious, do not worry, which means thinking is part of God's kingdom. I must be in a position to think after I've been prophesied and somebody has prayed to me, I must be in a position to think. But the Bible says do not worry, do not be anxious and pray for everything for your spiritual health so that the God of peace will give you all understanding. So when God gives me peace, and that peace now is the one that transfers understanding in my life, which means when I pray, there's a problem, a child problem in my life. My child is abusing drugs. Then I pray to God, I'm not anxious. Then the Holy Spirit's responsibility is to give me peace. When he gives me peace, that this is the one that transfers understanding over my life. So when I'm praying, when I'm praying, when I'm praying, I am moving in a journey. Which means when I pray, there is a God of peace and there is peace of God. These are two different dimensions. So when I am traveling in a place of prayer, there are two types of dimensions of God that I'm supposed to be expecting. I must expect the peace of God and I must expect the God of peace. So which means when I encounter the peace of God, the peace of God is the one that brings understanding in my life. And that understanding is the one that translates to the wisdom that I will use to deal with my husband, who is stubborn, who is cantankerous, who is recalcitrant. But the same understanding that I will use with my boss at my workplace. Then when I move again in the chain of prayer, because prayer is the chain, I then meet God of peace. I did not encounter the peace of God now, but I meet God of peace. Ah, can I prophesy like a faith in this place? So after I now have got the understanding and wisdom on how to deal with my situation, then when I push and I travel in prayer, I then meet with the God of peace. When I meet with the God of peace, is different with the peace of God because the peace of God is a phenomenon, it's an event, it's eventful. But when I meet now with the God of peace, that's dimensional. I then stay in a dimension where the devil cannot snatch me, where demons cannot come, where demons cannot look, where demons cannot come and attack my life. Why? Because I am in a dimension. Uh, I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this place. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this place. So 
when I deal with God in prayer, prayer, Bible Sabasha prayer. We are here, says no prayer, Bible Sabasha prayer. So when I deal with God like that, then Apostle Paul comes again and he says that my God is able to do. Come on, Sabasha, my God is able. I don't need my God is able. So then Apostle Paul will say, My God is able to do abundantly, exceedingly, above what I can think or ask for, according to his mighty power. The word power there in Greek, it means kratos. Kratos, it means the power in operation. So which means God is able to do abundantly, exceedingly, above what I can think or ask for, according to the power in operation that works in me. Which means when God is listening to my prayer, he does not listen to one person. I'm taking you from somewhere that the God who sees you when you pray. So when God is listening to you, he does not listen to one person, he listens to two prayer warriors. Your thinking is a prayer warrior, and what you speak is a prayer warrior. So he's able to do abundantly exceedingly above what I think is a dimension and what I say. Which means when I'm praying right now and I say, God, I believe you for this tower. I heard that it costs two billion South African rands. Then after I make a declaration tonight, when I'm going home, then I look at my account. And my account will say there's 10 rand in account. Then I'll doubt in my heart and say, but am I able to acquire this tower for two billion? The prayer warrior that is called your mind is disqualified what you've said with your mouth. So with this, before the devil disqualifies you, you are the greatest disqualifier of your prayer. Before demons disqualifies your prayer, what disqualifies you is your mind. Before even you leave this church, when I declare and say your husband is coming back, then you say, but that one, for the past 15 years, you have already disqualified you and you have defeated yourself. So there is a self-defeat that we have as people of God. That, that, that answers your question, why is it I'm always praying at every time? But it seems like things are not falling into the right places. It's because when I say what I say, my mind fights me. Why? Because your mind is the interface between your spirituality and your physicality. So what gives access to miracles, signs and wonders is the interface called the mind. Then that mind is the one now that allows what you speak to be recorded in the realms of the spirit. When it's recorded in the realms of the spirit, then your mind is the one that disqualifies that which is being recorded. God is saying that I'm about to bless you and you are blessing to your family and your nation. Then your mind will tell you that you are a non-entity. You are an imbecile. You have disqualified yourself without even speaking. So God is able, come on, some shout, is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what I think or ask you for. According to his power, that works in my life. So, which means prayer, it always moves in dimensions. So, when I pray, first dimension is if you go into the house, close your house, the God who sees what to do in prayer is the one that wants you publicly. That's the first dimension. Then he allowed me to enter in a secret place. Then I said, God, I need a breakthrough. He then looks at what I'm doing after I prayed. He disqualifies me based on my aptitude or my lack of right standing with him. 
Then you go to Apostle Paul, where he says this effort to do, about to do exceedingly above what you think or ask you for. So these two prayer warriors, they are equivalent in the kingdom of God. So when God is listening, it, you have to know that your mind is more vocal than what you say. What you say in the kingdom of God is more vocal than what you say with your mouth. You can shout at the top and the side of the mountain, but your mind is telling you that you will not make it. What you said in your mind is the one which is going to be recorded. I can prophesy like a Felix. So the second measure of spiritual success is the degree of mental transformation. Come on, someone shout mental transformation. The degree at which your mind has become the mind of God in that order. That's why Philippians says, let this mind that was in Jesus Christ be in you. You know he was God, he did not took that as a seizure to God. But he humbled himself, exceeding the glory that was after the cross, to be much than what was suffering. So when you want to measure your spiritual growth after prayer, you have to look into mental transformation. Apostle Paul says that, I implore you, I beg you, I beseech you, I ask you, people of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to the standard of this world, but be transformed by the new of your mind. So the word confirmation there is a Greek word which means aeon. Which means Apostle Paul is saying that do not be conformed by patterns that comes with a civilization or a generation. Which means there is a mental belief and a conviction that comes with every generation. What our forefathers believed and what we believe today is different. What our forefathers were exposed to and what I'm exposed to is different. Our forefathers were not exposed to the digital world. So which means they were not exposed to explicit materials, pornographic materials, they were not exposed. So the devils that they were fighting and the devils that I'm fighting are different. So when Apostle Paul is saying, do not be conformed to the standards of this world, it's a Greek word which, which speaks of continuity, that there is always a pattern, a style, that comes with a generation. Our fathers were not exposed to phones. Those that stayed and lived in the 1940s, and they had their own challenges and they had their own demons. As we have got our own demons, there is cocaine that we are fighting with. There is nicotine that we are fighting with. There is coke that we are fighting with. These are the demons that are fighting us. So when Apostle Paul is speaking of your mental transformation, your mental transformation, it must be exercised within a civilization. I always tell people that when you are praying for value and when you are praying for honor, pray for honor and value that is within a certain generation and civilization. Which means if I was good at teaching people how to operate a computer 10 years ago, today everyone can operate a computer. Which means a two-year-old can do that. So I can be valuable, but outside my generation and civilization. So my value cannot give me success. So my value must be within a civilization. I may be good at heading kettles. I may be good at calling kettles after I've whistled, but that's no longer I value. Am I to be someone in this place? Why? Because we now have good products. So mental transformation is very important. 
the degree at which your mind has been enlightened by God's word, you rise in life through the level of one, your mental transformation and illumination. You are not going to rise because you aspire to rise. I'm not going to rise because I put an aspiration, but I'm going to rise because I am illuminated. The Bible says, arise and shine. That's Isaiah's receipt. For your light is come. Deep darkness shall cover the people, gloomy darkness shall cover the earth. But God shall arise upon thee, and people shall come to your light. Kings will come to the brightness of your light. Which means when I arise and shine, people are going to be attracted to my light. But people of honor and value, they are only attracted to the brightness of your light. That's why sometimes you pray to God and say, I put a light. But why is it I don't have kings around me? They are waiting for the brightness of your light. Kings are not going to come because you are a preacher, but they will come when you rise beyond preaching and you become a world changer. Kings are not going to come because you are just a singer, but they are going to come to your gift and your calling. Why? Because if your gift now is transmograted from being a singer to become a deliverance, and a prophecy. When you become like Asaf, Datan, and Ethan, the Bible says Asaf, Datan, and Ethan, their singing was equivalent to prophecy. Whenever they could sing, it was equivalent to prophecy. And when was in this place, there was a man called Mephibosheth, when he was called at the temple of God, of David. The Bible says there was a man that had physical problems, but when grace because of value located him, he was brought at the king's table. So you must pray for mental transformation. Come on, somebody shout mental transformation. And when I transformed mentally, there are relationships that comes to honor that illumination. There are relationships that I'll never pray for, but they will come even before I pray in honor of the way I've been enlightened. of my illumination, there's always grace again that follows a person who is transformed mentally. Come on, shout that I'm going to transform mentally. So the Holy Spirit's assignment in my life now, as I'm about to cross, is not only to anoint me, but is to transit me until I become the portrait of that which was prophesied by God about my life. There is a portrait in the picture that was prophesied by God about your life. Because you are a living prophecy, you are a living prophecy, and you are a living word. There is a word about your life, there is a prophecy, and a promise about your life. So, your Holy Spirit's assignment is not only to bring illumination, but it's to transform you so that you become that portrait. Then you start now to mirror and to simulate God in your life. That's why God is to call Abraham from the place of Mesopotamia, the home of the Kedians, to go to the place that God had designed. Why? Because God wanted him to become the portrait of that which he had prophesied upon him. So Jesus being God, the Bible in the book of Luke 2.52 says that he grew in wisdom and he grew in stature with favor with men and God. So this must be growth each and every time in your life. So success now in this life 
spiritually speaking, mentally speaking, and physically speaking, is not based on what I am doing, but it's based on what I am becoming every day. When I become something in prayer, I succeed. When I become something because of mental transformation, there's going to be success. Which means all the things that I'm praying for, they've already been allocated by God for me. They are waiting for a proper vision for them to come to me. God is saying unto Abraham, I want you to go to a place. And when you go to that place, that place you are going to transform to become the portrait, the virtue, and the person that I want you to become. So the blessing of being a father is going to come to life when you get to a place where you become that which I want you to become. It's not about how you declare Abraham, but it's about you becoming. So which means God has already given us the grace to make it in life. That was our grace. Yes. And God, every day when I wake up, there are billions and billions of God's blessings that are within my vicinity. Millions of blessings that are within my vicinity. But because of time, as I said, we are creatures of time, it's not easy for me to pick every blessing one by one. So God now makes you to become a magnetic force, which means when I become a magnetic force because of prayer and mental transformation, things that I was supposed to be achieving after three years, they become attracted to me by the grace and illumination that is upon my life. So the pattern of me going around the whole of South Africa looking for a blessing, Jesus has already placed the burden upon his life. So he's saying you must transform and become a person of prayer. Then when I transform, wherever I go and I walk, the blessing of God comes upon my life. When I speak, it, it comes to my life. Why? Because I am transforming. So if I don't transform to become that which God wants me to become, mental transformation, because it's your mind. So before you go to the destiny or to the place of fulfillment, the first person that goes to that place is your mind. Your mind goes as a spy to the place where you want to be. If I want to become a business mogul, a tycoon, my mind must be in a position and carry the forges to stretch to the place. And after it is seen, accepted and received it, it must come back and take my body and go with my body to that place. So if my mind cannot move faster than my body, I'm not going to succeed. So my mind must move with such precision, supersonic speed, and go to that place before I see that place. Abraham, he said, even though my body is not yet in memory, I'm going to allow my mind and visualize myself as a father to many nations. So he then took a yasa of Damascus and he placed a yasa beside him. And God said unto Abraham, I'm going to give you an heir that's going to become an heir to inheritance. So when he's walking with Eliezer of Damascus, he is seeing Isaac before Isaac came. He is seeing his son before the son came. So the mind of Abraham gave the ability to move with the supersonic speed, with the revelation and the spirit of God and the speed of the spirit. So that's why the Bible says, even though it took time, Abraham did not falter. The Bible says, Abraham, in hope he believed against to hope. He said, I refuse to receive my Isaac when I get to that place. 
But I'm receiving Isaac. That's why one day he said, I've been working with Eliezer of Damascus. Is he the one that is going to inherit David? And God said, be quiet. Your Isaac is coming. Your mind is already troubled. Am I talking somebody? That's why God said unto Abraham, give me Isaac. He didn't refuse because the Bible says he saw a city that no man had stayed in. And he stayed in that city and he was glad. Can I people that can sit in their offices tonight and be glad and come back and take their body and go with their body to that place of miracles? You must take your mind to the school of destiny. When the prophet comes and says that I see you becoming the mayor of this community, your mind must be in a position to travel before your body. Because your body will always tell you where you're coming from. That you are coming from a family that nobody is risen beyond the threshold. So men don't believe it. But if your mind can travel, if your mind can move, so God will never take you to a place where your mind is never gone. Mental transformation. Because this is what happens if God can bless you before your mind is accepted and believed that which God is about to do. And God blesses you with a blessing. Your mind, if it rejects the blessing, the blessing has already been rejected. Your body can receive. That's why a person can buy a Bentley and the mind is still pushing a mobile. The mind is still on a bicycle. Because of that, you can lack the integrity to service your Bentley. Why? Because your mind, you are still riding a bicycle. In your mind, you are still walking. But if your mind is already there, Imagine somebody. If your mind is already there, that's why even if you use a plane, you understand that if you are put in economy and somebody is in the first class, people in the first class, you don't see them asking for credit. Because if you can get into first class, then you ask him for a cabin crew to send you credit of eight times five rent, you are not already there. Your board is there, but you have not transformed to be in that particular place. So this is what happens with the realms of the spirit. The realm of the spirit, I can work hard to get this tower. Let's say this tower is a mansion. If I get this tower, the realm of the spirit, when it looks at me mentally, and I do not transform mentally, it sees this as an error. Then it allows this thing to blind them because my mind has not grasped it. And I told somebody this place. So my mind must go and spy. Then after it spies, it must accept that in Kimani there is milk and honey. It must accept that in Kimani there are houses that are there. Then it must come back and check my body. Can I prophesy like a fit in this place? I don't care what the devil is saying against your life. You are about to get to a place where demons cannot touch you. I don't care what the demons have insinuated against your life. You are about to be transformed by God. To become the portrait of God's grace. Let your mind move at the speed of God's mind. He says that I know the thoughts that I have towards your life. Thoughts of peace 
not of harm, to give you a future and an expected end. So when God is looking at you, he has got a mind about your life and about your business. Not to kill you or to demote you, but to give you a future. Can I prophesy like a spirit? I don't care what the people from your family and your background say that great life. I'm a woman and a man of prayer. Whatever I do, I am guaranteed results. Angels are on my side. God is on my side. What are you on your mountain before Zerubbabel? You shall be able to flat not by mighty, not by power, but by the spirit of Yeshua Hamashiach. So the Bible says Elijah, he realized that he is dealing with cadaverous demons by the name of Ahab and Jezebel. And he said that I'm going to deal with such a spirit and a demon. What am I going to do? I'll pray to my God that he may cross the heavens for three and a half years. And the Bible says when the heavens crossed for three and a half years, there was drought and there was no water. The Bible says people started to eat each other. And the man of God felt that enough is enough. He said unto his servant, I want to pray to my God and I want you to go to the waters so that you may see if there is any activity in the water. My mind has already traveled into the water. I have seen rain coming down. I want you to go and tell the king to prepare his chariots. Can I prophesy like a feel right now? And he said, go and tell Ahab that something mighty, a cataclysmic move of the Holy Ghost is about to be experienced in Israel, in Lebanon. And the Bible says the servant went to the waters. Why are you sending your servant to the water, Elisha? He understood signs that when you want water, there must be enough evaporation. So he said unto the servant, is there any activity in the water? Why? Because if I want water, we don't look at water for us to get water. I have heard people looking at the sun and saying that the way the sun is burning, it's saying it is indicative to water. They don't say the way this water is coming down this water. So he said, go to the waters and check if there is an activity. The servant to Elijah went to the water the first time. And he said unto the men of God, there is no activity in the water. And Elijah said, be patient, go back to the waters. Are you seeing any activity in the waters? And the Bible says the servant came back and said there is no water. And Elijah was praying. The Bible says he had to put his head between his knees and shouting and praying unto God. He understood that when you meet a miracle, you got to go to a place of prayer. And the Bible says all the seven times the servant of Elijah came back to Elijah and he said, Papa, I see an activity in the water. There is something like the hand of a man. It's forming in the water. And Elijah said, if this thing is happening, it's indicative that water is about to come. I want you to go to Ahab and Jezebel and tell them to prepare their chariots. Why? Because there is might rain that is coming. I don't want the rain to overtake them. And the 
Bible says Elijah continued to pray. And Ab went with his chariot. The Bible says when Ab was ahead, Elijah then after some minutes followed Ab. The Bible says he overtook Ab. Why? Because of the speed of pressure. When you pray, God gives speed in your legs. He gives speed and precision on your mouth. So that when I prophesy and we prophesy, you don't miss. Why? Because I'm coming from a place of pressure. It's not about where you've gone or your degree, but it's the degree and the dexterity of your pressure. If you're going to cause change and to shift the things in your life, it's not about how you cry, but it's about how you pray. The Bible says, Jesus said unto his disciples, Sorry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. And the Bible says, when they are in Jerusalem, in the upper room, they prayed. And the Bible says, something like a mighty rattling wind came upon them. And tongues of fire were put upon their lives. And the Bible says, when they started to speak, in other tongues, people that hate and witnessed it, they confused them. As they said, these people are drunk. Peter, who was weak, who could not do anything, he rose up with full confidence and faith. And he said, What you are hearing right now is what was prophesied by Joel that it shall come to pass in that year that I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters, they shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions, old men shall dream dreams. So what you see is what was prophesied by Malachi, that God is about to pour his spirit without measure. Can I prophesy to see WC tonight? That there is power that is coming to you right now. Power without measure. He's not going to look at your background. I know that you are passing through the trajectories of your life. You are saying, man of God, I don't know if I'm going to come out of this place. I'm locked between a hard rock and hard place. But God sent me to tell you right now that with God, all things are possible. No weapon fashioned against your life that shall prosper. Can I prophesy like a fish? I don't care what they say against your life. I don't care what they went with your name. They could have taken your name to a sarcoma. But God has sent me to tell you that greater is he that is in you than the one that is in the world. I'm a person that has been transformed by God. I know that they took my name under the water. And they say that I'm going to amount to nothing. But God's report is greater than any person is reporting. Can I prophesy like a fillish? I'm reminded of Abraham. The Bible says he was born in a family of witchcraft. But it did not allow witchcraft to put him down. And the Bible says when God said unto Abraham, you got to go to the place that I'm going to show you. He said, I'm not going to tell Sarah. Why? Because she's going to pull me down. I'm going to believe God and I'm going to believe his word. Why? Because the formula of God is his word. Why? Because in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And nothing 
was made, which was made except by his word. And in him was life, and that life was the light of men. He came to his people, his people could not accept him. He came to his family, his family could not believe him. And the Bible continues to say that to them that believe in Christ, he gave them power to be called the sons of God. We were not only given power to be called, but we were given power to become. Which means we are now gravitating and gravitating to come that which we were not. Before we came to Christ, we were from our generation and demons. But when Christ gave us power, we gravitated and gravitated to become him. That's why he said there is no more condemnation to them that I am Christ. Why? Because the Spirit of God has separated us from the spirit of death. So which means if in your family there is the spirit of premature death, I don't care because the blood of Jesus Christ it speaks a better message than the blood of Abel. I know that you are coming from a family full of witchcraft, necromancer, fudu, satanism, divination, talisman, enchantment. I don't care even if they guess on a crystal ball. I don't care even if they are astrologers. What I know is that greater is he that is in you but the one in the world. So the Bible tells me that my mind when it's transformed, things are going to come within my vicinity. So which means that all the things that I see around myself, they are mirrors to the grace that operates in my life. If you want to see the level of your prayer and mental transformation, you got to look at the things that comes and circulates around the vicinity. So the possibilities around my vicinity, they are indicators of the level of my spirituality. Can I prophesy like a finish? So that's why Jesus Christ now, when he's teaching them how to pray, he said, when you pray, you got to pray like this, that our Father who art in heaven, how Lord is the name the kingdom come. So which means when I pray, I must first locate my relationship with God, our Father. How Lord be thy name. I must worship his name. And you are at in heaven. I must recognize that our God is dimensional. Can I prophesy like a finish? So therefore, do you have any other attack in my life? You got to bring it, I don't care. Why? Because what I carry is more powerful than what you are going to bring out to me. Can I prophesy like a fit in this blessing? I'm reminded of Peter. The Bible says that you are so weak. And Jesus Christ said unto Peter, 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 Peter. And before he became Peter, he's Simon, which means weakness. So he said weakness, weakness, weakness. That devil is asking to sift you. But I prayed for you. I know that devil is sifting your family. He's sifting your marriage and your business. But I'm here to pray for somebody. So that things may stabilize. And Jesus Christ said unto Peter, when you are delivered, go back and deliver your brothers. Can I prophesy like a finish? I know that the devil has attacked your family. But I'm here to tell you that no amount of attacking is going to put you down because you're a child of God. We belong to a kingdom, a kingdom of warriors, a kingdom of power, a kingdom of crisis. Can I prophesy like a finish? I don't care what people are saying against your life. 
They are saying that you are not that person that God can use in this season. But I'm here to tell you, child of God, that God looks at both things that are despised and in a despised. He lifts those that are despised from the dark and he makes them to sit with the kids. Can I prophesy like a finish? I'm about to sit and dine with the kings tonight. Can I prophesy to your church right now that devil has been lying to our lives and he said that we are not going to make it. But I'm here to tell you that you are about to make it in your life. That devil said that you are about to the nothing. You are a non-entity. But I'm here under the power of the Holy Ghost and say enough is enough. When the enemy comes like a mighty flood, that spirit of the Lord to raise up his standard against the demons and the enemy. So whenever there is a mighty flood in my life, I thank God for a standard. Yes, CWC. I know that have been attacked each and every time. There is a standard that is coming in your life. Don't look at the pain that you are passing through. You got to look at the standard that is coming to your life. I know that you are in your labor. Don't look at the pain in labor. Because God is about to bless you. Can I prophesy like a finish? Do I have warriors in this blessing? People that are going to say to God, I ain't gonna leave you until you bless me. I know that things are not going well in my marriage. Things are going are not going to work in my life. Oh Lord, my God, you got to transform my life and my business. You got to change and shift my life. Can I prophesy like a finish? I know that people once you dead, but greater. Is he that is in you than the one that is in the world? 